Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Henke. Today, we're going to be talking about insects and disease pressures that we had this year during 2018. And with me is Gil Gullickson. He is the Crops Technology Editor for Successful Farming Magazine and agriculture.com, our website online. Gil, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get interested in agronomy and how long you've been here at Successful Farming? Oh, I uh, grew up on a farm in northeastern South Dakota by Lankford, and I uh, attended South Dakota State University. I was an agronomy major, had a journalism minor, and I guess uh, I just always been interested in growing things. You know, living on the farm, you'd kind of see the cycles during the year, the planting and the growing and the harvest, and it just always seemed kind of natural to me, and it just seemed like a good fit when I went to college. And then I uh, actually, when I graduated in 1983, it was right in the middle of the agriculture crisis back then, the farmed up crisis. And there just weren't a lot of jobs. You know, uh, Monsanto or DuPont, they would come to SDSU to interview, and they may have 80 applicants for two jobs. It was just a very difficult time. But as it turned out, I uh, took a news writing class and my teacher was a old grizzled veteran <laughs> of the Kansas City Star. He'd worked there for 25 years and he had one exercise where we would go around reading our story leads and he, uh, one student would call his out and he'd knock it down for something and another woman would read her lead and he'd just cut it apart and it came to me and he just kind of got the wide eyes and said, wow, and you aren't even a journalism major, are you? <laughs> which, which I could feel about 25 dagger eyes staring right at me at the time. But I just kind of found out I like to write. And as it turned out, there was a job opening with a magazine called The Dakota Farmer. Uh, lived in Brookings right after I graduated for eight years and just kind of evolved from there and got in the business that way. And you've been here? 13 and a half years. 13 and a half years. Wonderful. Thanks, Gil. We're going to jump right back in with you in about 30 seconds right after this. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and buildup on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. Back here with Gil Gullickson, our crops technology editor at Successful Farming Magazine, talking about diseases and insect pressures. I guess, Gil, what are the biggest challenges you saw for growers this season? Oh, I think it would be a disease. You know, I've been to uh, several field days during the summer and June in a lot of areas was really a challenging month because it was very wet. Um, I know in central Iowa, uh, there was a really bad storm the 30, the evening of uh, June 30th where anywhere from three to 10 inches of rain fell. Mm -hmm. And that just created a good environment of disease on the corn. You know, we saw things like northern corn leaf blight, uh, gray leaf spot popping up. Um, soybeans, you had a mix of diseases, round stem rot, sudden death syndrome was popping up in soybeans. And the stage for that is set early on in the year when the fungus gets in under certain environmental conditions at planting. Um, so the stage was set for that too. So it's been challenging from that perspective. Um, we've seen some frog eye leaf spot 
in soybeans in the Midwest. Uh, just a few years ago, that was limited to the Mid-South states. I know Tennessee was a hotbed for it. So I would say from that, uh, disease is probably it. Um, corn rootworm is one of those things that it really hasn't been that active in recent years, but they don't call it the billion-dollar bug for nothing, meaning it causes can cause a billion dollars yeah. worth of economic damage in a year. Um, it's one of those things you just think that it's gone, and it can come back with a vengeance. And I know particularly farmers who raise continuous corn, they always have to be on the outlook for it, um, you know, planting traded hybrids to help deter it, um, using soil-applied insecticides. So... Uh, one thing about pests, they may go dormant for a while, but they just never go away. With all these things that you've just told me about, how did you see people remedy these situations? What are people doing this year? Oh, I think in you know cases like in Gray Leaf Spot, Northern Cameron Leaf Blight, they can come with a application of fungicide. Um, they have to scout it correctly and and be vigilant in that. But that's one way to treat for it. I know frog eye leaf spot is a fungal disease uh, that can be treated by fungicides. But I also think one thing that a lot of agronomists tell me and a lot of farmers is a lot of it has to relate to seed selection. Finding a hybrid in corn or a soybean variety that doesn't completely eliminate disease, but it can uh, help deal with it. I know I was at a field day a couple of weeks ago just for the uh, Farm Progress show where one of the soybean readers was telling about some work that uh, she and her crew had done on sudden death syndrome. And it really can make a difference finding those varieties that are completely tolerant. It doesn't completely eliminate it, but it sure helps farmers manage it better. People have so many options out there, too. All the different hybrids and seed treatments and so forth. Where do you start? Oh, there's a, there's a lot to keep track of these days. Not only the variety, but yes, just all, you know, in corn, you have all the different traits and trait packages. And on soybeans, you always have a lot of disease-resistant packages. I know the one thing the uh, soybean breeder was saying is to key in on the biggest problem in your field. If your field has a history of sudden death syndrome, select varieties that are tolerant to that. Um, and maybe some areas where brown stem rot is your biggest problem. Well, select varieties that are tolerant to that. Um, another thing that's always plagued soybean growers in the past 20 years is soybean cyst nematode. And now in the past several years, there are resistant varieties to which the soybean cyst nematode is resisting. Well over 95% of the soybean varieties that have a... Uh, resistant trait to soybean cyst nematode comes from the same source. That's really got to be a, just kind of a insulting factor when you think you plant a soybean that resists soybean cyst nematode. And yeah. it oh, does boy. It. So we're also seeing some emerging pests. For instance, the soybean gall midge. Mm -hmm. that's, um, that's on the move, it seems. And it is. They don't know much about it yet. No, they really don't. Um, you know, the first thing I learned about it, I was at a... Uh, a meeting that agricultural auditors go to called the Agricultural Media Summit, and I asked a company agronomist if they were seeing any anything new that no one was really talking about. And he said, oh, yeah, soybean gall midge. And he was in the northeastern corner of Nebraska, and he said that Susini, Iowa uh, area, as it emanates out into northeastern Nebraska and southeastern South Dakota, that's kind of ground zero for this pest, and no one knows anything about it. It can burrow in about right to the surface of where the soybeans meet the soil. You know, so far there's no insecticide, or I think entomologists are even kind of struggling with the life cycle, trying to yeah. 
biology and everything. Yeah. So that's that's one thing that's on the horizon. I know in corn, I've uh, heard some reports about a disease called tar spot that's popped up in Illinois. Um, that's about all I know. And I think a lot of farmers probably don't know that much more either about it. So unfortunately, there are some challenges um, that are on the horizon that unfortunately farmers are going to hear about a lot more in the next few years. So what are some things growers can do now to help prevent these insect and disease pressures that will probably be back next season, but from getting worse next season? Oh, I think with the established past that a lot of it just depends on the seed selection, uh, planting varieties that are tolerant to certain diseases in corn. Of course, you have traits. You have a number of uh, rootworm-resistant traits. European corn borer is one of those things that because traits have been planted so long and have been so successful, they just aren't out there that much. But I know I've had folks tell me, um, once if you ever plant just a completely naked hybrid without any protection, corn borer, I think they can, uh, oh gosh, they can overwinter or reside in about 200 different kinds of plants, meaning weeds. So you really have to be careful of that. So definitely the traits are one thing. Um, I know in the case of sudden death syndrome, uh, there's a seed treatment called iLevo that farmers can put on. Um, I know agronomists have told me to reserve that for fields just that have a history of sudden death syndrome. That's your best bet. But that's an option. And of course, tolerant varieties to SDS2 are another option. So I think the main part of it depends on the seed. That really has to be a challenge now because we've seen what is happening in the soybean market when it's virtually collapsing. And as farmers look towards 2019, it has to be a really tough choice. You know, do I forgo soybeans and plant all corn or plant corn two out of every three acres? Or So that's something the farmers are really wrestling with now, too. So do you think we'll be seeing a lot of these same pressures next year that we've seen this year with insects and diseases and so forth? Oh, I think a lot of it just depends on the environment. If we were to get a drought in 2019 akin to the one that happened in 2012, that would probably take care of a lot of disease pressure, but unfortunately it take care of a lot of <laughs> crops too. Yeah. So it really just depends on the kind of year. But I think, you know, a farmer just kind of has to look at what the last few years have been and I guess... Uh, plan for the worst and hope for the best. Thanks. This is Gil Gullickson with Successful Farming Magazine. He's the Crops Technology Editor, and we'll be back to talk about scouting after this. When it comes to seed treatments, the color's often the same, but the performance isn't. That's why you need to look under the hood to know just what ingredients you're getting in your coating. With Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products, you get the kind of industry-leading fungicides and insecticide that are proven to boost your soybeans' root health and vigor. So don't just plant any red seed treatment. Ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. Gil Gullickson with Successful Farming Magazine. Let's talk a little bit about scouting for diseases and insects. Are there any new technologies coming out that are going to make this easier other than just walking in through the field and looking at the stems, looking at the leaves and so forth? Oh, there are a number of technologies out there by various companies. I know uh, some, like you can take a picture and send it in and they can come back to you as to what they think the diagnosis is. Um, so tools like that have been tremendously successful. One thing, though, I always remember a story a couple of years ago, a farmer in southern Minnesota told me that he had a uh, service. I think he had some infrared photos or satellite imagery or something taken of his fields. And he looked at it. Uh, there was one corner of the field that 
it was completely nitrogen deficient. And at first he thought, geez, I better go out there and side dress that field. Well, he went out there and it was nitrogen deficient. And the reason it was, there was six inches of standing water on it. Oh my gosh. He didn't need nitrogen. He needed tile. (laughs) So, you know, I, I think satellite imagery and tools like that, those technologies, they're very good. But you still have to get out in the fields to detect what is showing you. And I know one of the things that we featured in our September issue is just the importance of doing root digs in corn in August or so, because that just kind of tells you things about rooting structure. Um, You may detect hard pan in your soils if the roots can't go down. You may detect rootworm feeding that you ordinarily would miss that might not be so apparent to the plant above ground, but you could be losing some potential yield that way just by detecting rootworm feeding. So that's a very good way of going out and ground truthing your fields too. So I think the technologies, they have gotten a lot better. Um, Use of drones really helps a lot with the scouting, especially in corn when it's nine, 10 feet tall this time of year. That's, That's a very valuable tool, but I think it's no replacement for getting out and ground truthing your fields too. What do you see in the future? Oh, I think that, uh, you know, the technologies will continue to evolve. Um, I think they will get more accurate as to uh, what's going on in the field. But again, I think there's no replacement for getting out and walking in those fields. I think the technologies will improve. I think just the digital technology of taking pictures of your crop and getting them identified, I think that's going to increase with a lot more accuracy. So the tools are definitely going to be there. But uh, again, you have to know how to use them, how to interpret the data too. You really can't beat the two eyes of a human being. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> no I one mean, has, has gotten that perfected yet. No. <laughs> so Gil, if you had one nugget of advice for farmers and how to go about preventing insect and disease pressures next year or what they can do now, what would that be? Look at your crop in the combine. The combine cab is a excellent place to see what's going on in the field. And although it's too late for this year, if you see one field that looks a little shorter, I mean, is it rootworm feeding? Is it compaction? Uh, Who knows? But just that view from the combine cab, I think, can tip you off to a lot of problems that are going on. Yield monitors, if you see your yield monitor suddenly dipping from 80 down to 30 bushel soybeans, then there's no apparent cause for it. That can be a tip off too. Anything else, Gil? You know, uh, Dave Franson is a North Dakota State University Extension Soil Specialist, and one of the things I took away from a story I did on him last year is he said that most farmers are just excellent mechanics. They could, you know, lift a engine out of a combine, or I mean, they could, you know, do all sorts of things mechanically. Um, you know, some are really good farm managers, but he sees one big hole is just the ability to understand soil fertility and soil health. We have some great folks in that area in the Midwest. I mean, we have extension folks, we have private crop consultants, we have industry agronomists who could really help farmers reveal what's going on in their field and particularly the soils and the soil health. Sonny Beck, I saw a video of him a few years ago where he took a soil probe and he dropped it into a uh, fence line that had never been tilled. And it just went in so easily and he showed the soil and it was just nice and porous. And I mean, it had great water infiltration capabilities. And then he tried to plunge the soil probe into a field that had been tilled for hmm. years. And it was a lot harder <laughs> to put it down and the soil was like more compacting. So I think the steps, the uh, tools being used like no-till, cover crops, uh, diverse crop rotations, I think those things have a lot of 
potential too. Thanks, Gil. Thank you very much for being here with us today. Do you know what's under the hood of your seed treatment? Most all look the same, red color with a shiny finish. But the performance really comes down to a strong formulation with powerful chemistry. That's what you get with Cruiser Max Vibrance Bean Seed Treatment, a combination of separately registered products. Unlike your typical generic blend, this formulation coats each seed more strongly to prevent dust off and buildup on your planter, meaning the ingredients will stay on your seed throughout planting. So ask your Syngenta retailer for Cruiser Max Vibrance Beans. Always read and follow label instructions. For Successful Farming's podcast, I'm Jody Henke. 